Hello, friends. It's Jedediah Gravesmore once again. I hope your new year is starting off well. Are you keeping your new year's resolutions? Making new decisions for your life? Change can be hard, but it will come whether we wish for it or not. How we accept change is all a state of mind. All it takes is a little courage to face the new and unknown life that could be waiting for you just around the corner. Just make sure that new life is something you really want. The sacrifices you make may cost you more than you realize. The boss was clear. He said, do you want to be the best? Come and see how you can do it. You are better than the rest. It was the chance for a promotion, one that Billy knew he deserved. But it was offered to Frank. Billy knew this was absurd. Frank was a mediocre cook, his skills incomplete. While Billy worked the grill like magic, his food could not be beat. But time and time again, at the Rocket Burger Grill, Frank got the praise for his inept cooking skills. Why did he get the praise? Why did the boss like him so? Billy had enough. It was time for Frank to go. He would get to that meeting, show them all what he could do. They'd forget about Frank and see that Billy was true blue. When it came to magic in the kitchen, he knew he could outdo that jerk. Put a spatula in his hands, he'd show how hard he could work to cook the perfect burger for the new menu coming out. That's what the boss was looking for and what this meeting was all about. Frank would never make it Billy would see to that. He'd put an end to Frank, that attention-stealing rat. It was easier than Billy thought it would be to trick old Frank the dope. A few special drops in his drink, then tie him with some rope. A drive out to the desert, sit him in a chair, push him in a hole. They will never find him there. And as Billy drove away, proud of his flawless plan, he looked in the rearview mirror and whispered, 
Now, who's the man? He rushed over to the medium, flung open the door. Boss, he said, I'm gonna cook for you like no one has before. Sitting in the chair to the boss's right was a dusty, angry Frank. It gave Billy quite a fright. He smiled at Billy, said, You look surprised. The boss said, Billy, Don't just stand there. Please, come inside. I had no idea you wanted this so bad, son. If I had known only now, I would have picked you. Now, let's have some fun. Whatever you gave to Frank kind of spoiled him a bit. So now, we're gonna go with you. Yes, Billy. Now you're it. Frank had a look on his face that Billy didn't like. He had a feeling in his gut that something wasn't right. Billy, my friend, I forgive you for what you've done now that I see what is going to happen to you almost happened to me. Billy's heart began to pound as he backed up to the door. It slammed shut and Frank tripped him, sending him to the floor. The boss looked down on Billy, a big smile on his face. You have to forgive me, Billy. I'm not of the human race. I came from far away looking to start a burger stand. You'll be on the menu on Mars. Won't that be grand? A strange light hit Billy's face. He started to pass out. It's universal franchise, said the boss. That's what it's all about. When Billy woke up, he was in a bright place. There was a grill in front of him. Its heat burned his face. He was attached to the grill. It, it was part of him now. When he tried to scream for help, he mooed just like a cow. He now had several arms on that grill cooking meat, others chopping produce, making fries for aliens to eat. He turned his head slowly towards a strange grinding sound. When he saw, horrified him, made his heart pound. He had grown a wide, thick tail. It curled around his feet, curved around the room, fed into a grinder to make the meat. The burgers he cooked on that grill were a part of him. He tried to wake up now. This nightmare had to end. No matter how much was ground up, there was more to go. 
for as he was fed into the grinder, more tail would start to grow. So now, poor Billy cooks all day, no rest for him at night. He's a favorite of the green men. What an awful sight. So be careful what you want in life and how you try to get it. For evil schemes can backfire and you'll live to regret it. like Billy's ambition got the better of him. I hear Frank now runs a franchise here on Earth, but he has learned to stop and smell the roses. The last thing he wants is to get too attached to his work like Billy did. <laughs> Sometimes greed can be mistaken for ambition. And if you work too hard without time to relax and enjoy life, your job just might start to grind you down. to me. It tells me more of the terror lands of Aznakan. Ben, with the help of the scout, has escaped the race and now is deep in the woods. Will he make it back to his father? Or will the terror lands show him more horrors to keep him from escaping? Come, join me as the wind tells me more of Ben's story from the terror lands of Aznakan. The trees in the wooded area look like tall pines with green bark on the branches. The needles seem to move like being blown by a gentle breeze, but there was no wind blowing. Ah, there we are, the scout whispered. She walked up to a strange bush. It had a round bottom with long leaves that had the shape of knives with needle-like points. In the center of the bush grew a thin yellow branch that stretched up about twelve feet. The scout grabbed the plant and pulled, knocking it over on its side, exposing the roots. They were white and wiggling around. The scout grabbed them, snapping them in two. They stopped moving. She began to put them in a small leather sack. These are tel roots, a natural filter. Whatever goes through it comes out clean on the other side. 
is the secret to the masks we're wearing and one of the wonders of the terror lands. They are magical in other ways, too. Haven't you noticed that when we talk with the masks on, our voices aren't muffled? They do go stale after a while and need to be replaced. The scout held a root close to her face. She pulled the mask off, putting the root in between her teeth, sucking air through it. She pointed at the inside of the mask. There was a circle with holes in it, with a strange little lid. The scout opened it, shook out four roots, all brown and withered. She replaced them with four new roots. She took the one out of her mouth and placed the mask back on her face. She turned to Ben. Now, you do it. She handed Ben the bag. The roots felt cold and wet in his hand. He put one in his mouth. It had a spicy flavor to it. It reminded him of the cinnamon tea his father liked so much. He had always been a quick study, and without much prompting by the scout, placed the roots carefully inside his mask. He pulled the root out of his mouth, placing the mask on his face. The spicy taste lingered on his tongue, reminding him once again of his father. Ben's eyes widened. The satchel! How could he have forgotten so quickly? He turned to the he turned to the scout. We need to go back. What? No, no, we, we barely escaped. I need to find something there, something important, something my father needs. Your father? You still want to go back after what he did to you? Yes, he, he didn't mean it. He he just gets angry. He was sending you to your death, Ben. No, he, he was just trying to teach me, to, to correct me for my mistakes. The bag with the head in it made a strange sound. It was laughing. The scout shook her head, reaching into her bag again, pulling out a crystal. It was the size of an apple, and it glowed in the scout's hands, giving off a blue light. Is this what you're after? I don't know. It's from that satchel belonging to the troll the floaters took. It's what your father wanted you to find, right? Yes, that has to be it. Give it to me. Ben reached out for the crystal. The scout pulled her hand back. Ben, we need to talk. No, give me the crystal. Wait, please, just hear me out. A strange clicking sound filled the wooded area. The scout hissed in her breath, crouching down, grabbing Ben's arm and pulling him down. They found us. Who? whispered Ben. The, the race? No, something much worse than the floaters. Worse than them? The head in the sack giggled a bit. Oh, there are things in the Terra lands that you'll never seen or heard of, Ben. <laughs> The clicking sound started to get louder. It was hard to judge where it was coming from. The woods got darker. The scout pulled the crystal back into her bag. She reached over, sliding the sword from Ben's belted middle, placing it in his hands. She pulled out her long knife. 
be prepared to fight, she said. But I don't know how to use a sword. Learn to do it now. The clicking sound got louder and faster. A strange white flashing light came from the woods. Something was coming for them. But what? The habits surrounded. Fight for your life! Soon the light got closer. It was a strange glowing from the body of the creatures crawling towards them. It was spiders. Giant, glowing spiders. Their heads bobbed up and down, showing fangs dripping red. They had horns like goats, and their front legs looked more like human arms. The bloated backside of their bodies is where the glow came from and made their bodies transparent. You could see their organs moving and twitching, their lungs working and their hearts beating, the gray sludge-like blood coursing through their system. And in a few, you could see the bodies of animals they had eaten being digested in their stomachs. One had what looked like a wild dog. It was still alive and wiggling, trying to somehow escape the belly of the beast. Ben felt something cold on his neck, and he was pulled backwards. He was dragged across the cold ground. Above him was a spider, his fangs dripping on his face. The thing smiled and chuckled. Hello, little meat. How are you today? <laughs> I think I'll eat you whole. I want to feel you struggle in my belly. Yes. A knife sang and sank into the neck of the beast. Gray blood spurted out, drenching Ben's face. It got in his mouth, causing him to choke. He scrambled away as the twisted creature fell. Its bloated body burst. Ben turned away from it and threw up. The scout, after throwing the knife, had been pinned by another spider. Its fangs were sunk deep in her arm as she fought to get it off her. Ben stood there terrified as the scout struggled to get the beast off her. The clicking sound was all around now. Ben looked down. He was still holding the sword. The scout had saved him twice. He wouldn't let her die. He raised the sword above his head and yelling at the top of his voice charged at the spider on top of the scout. He swung the sword from side to side and got lucky. It sunk into the neck of the spider, going more than halfway in. He tried to pull it out, but it wouldn't budge. He took the hilt in both hands and pulled with all his strength. The sword slid out with a squelching sound as more spider blood splashed on Ben's face. He swung down again with all his might, cutting the head off the body. The body fell to the side. The head stayed attached to the scout's arm. He yanked at it, pulling it off. The scout moaned. Her face was ashen white. He tried to move her, but she just wouldn't budge. She was too heavy. Soon, the clicking sound filled the woods. They were surrounded by spiders. And they didn't look too happy that two had been killed. And they were trapped.
What will Ben do? How will he escape the giant spiders? Will he become a meal just like poor Billy did? I hope you enjoyed our stories tonight. Soon, I will be bringing you more tales I hear on the cold night air. This is Jedediah Gravesmore wishing you a restful sleep. If you get hungry tonight, I might avoid the drive through of your neighborhood fast food joint. And if you're walking like me, stay away from the glowing lights, especially if you hear a clicking sound. Join us soon for more spooky bits and scary pieces. Good night. Don't let the spiders bite. <laughs>